0: This is Dream Chases with Adam Carswell. Hello, Lieberlandians, and welcome back to the Lieberland Show. I'm your host, Adam J. Carswell, joined today by Jason, I almost said Jason J. Wright. I actually don't know what your middle name is, but it sounds, is hey. it a, Jason J. Wright. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Really looking forward to getting to know Jason a bit here today. I say that as if I don't already know him very well. I do. We go way back feels like a decade, even though it might be like two or three years. But anyways, Jason, it's an honor to have
1: you here. Uh, Do you have any opening remarks for our listeners today? I'm glad to be here. It's an honor to to be here with you. And uh, I'm just curious, what is your middle name? Mine's Joseph. What's yours? (laughs) So is mine. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. Others from
0: another mother. And you know what? On the topic of the letter J, Jason is also Jamaican. (laughs) I am. That is confirmed, right? You, know, he is, you might not think it, but he, well, now that I say it, it'll, you'll start to notice on the interview. So, anyways, Liberalandian's in for a real treat with you here today. The story on how I know Jason—he works with a lot of our clients at RaisingCapital.com, or also known as Raise Masters, the number one mastermind for elite capital raisers. I've noticed a trend over you know the past how again, however many years it's been, is when somebody in our network comes to me and they said, hey, I started working with Jason. And then they actually do what he tells them to do. There's a key there. They actually do what he says, which I'm sure is a whole part of you know just life there. But when somebody listens to what Jason says, next thing you know, their capital raising machine starts working and they literally start raising millions of dollars. It might not be right away, but we've had some people do that. We've had some people do it over the course of years. So what I'm trying to say is, listen up here today. Because whatever Jason says, if you do it, I've seen it work over and over and over and over and over again. So, Jason, on that note, how did you
1: get into the world of helping people raise capital? Yeah, it's a long, kind of a long story, but I'll give you the the high-level overview. So, it's been about seven, a little over seven years ago, I was in corporate America. And, you know, I just got really tired of having people tell me what to do and had no control over my time or anything. And I was just like, screw this, man. Surely I can figure out a way to make enough money to work from home. That's all I wanted to do. I just pay the bills from home. Ventured out, companies uh, company is called Intentionally Inspirational. I thought I was going to be a motivational speaker. That didn't work right away. I had to learn a little bit of marketing to get my blog out there. I was encouraging people to quit the nine to five. And it took time, right? first two or three years, four years, pretty slow, pretty rough, inconsistent. But I was determined to get to where I wanted to go. And I learned marketing, not because that was the plan, because that's what helped me initially... Get my message out there to other people that were thinking the things i was thinking and on upwork i started noticing a lot of people were looking for help with what i just learned how to do with marketing so i was like hey i can actually make money with this business by helping people with marketing even though that wasn't the plan so fast forward had more and more success with that used to work with anybody who'd pay me and then i realized that broke clients are horrible to work with man are they horrible to work with i never wanted to be the walmart of marketing companies so As I wised up, I realized working with clients that have money or access to money is a big deal. It matters. It makes a much better experience for for me and my team as well. And I just started focusing on the sales funnel. And I really started focusing on the back end of the sales funnel or what happens after somebody joins your list. Because if you think about it, being nurtured through email or text is no different than meeting somebody in real life, right? You're not going to build a great relationship in one conversation. Just doesn't happen. It takes more interactions or touch points, as we call them. So, when we started to focus on that, I worked with a few people raising money for real estate, didn't understand it at all. I met Hunter Thompson, worked with him. And after I worked with a few of his students, he said to me one day, You know, you should consider niching down and only working with capital raisers. And I was like, Is there enough of them out there? And he's like, I don't know, man. I mean, there could be. You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. But Nobody else is doing it the way that you might do it. So that was the thing that gave me the idea. We leaned into it pretty hard and made that pivot. And in January, it'd be two years. And we worked with 165 clients at that time. So it's been a really good move. And because of Hunter and because of Adam and these relationships, uh, we've become real estate investors. We've learned the, the lingo and the industries, and the different asset classes really well, and just uh, built a great network of friends and relationships. So... The big old happy accident my friend right and sometimes that's the best way for it to happen right i think even
0: for myself personally working with hunter was a series of just going down one rabbit hole leading to the next and uh, for full context here for anyone who doesn't know hunter thompson we're not talking about fear and loathing in las vegas although if you don't know the og hunter thompson i would recommend looking him up because he's definitely someone who would have been a liberlandian and loves freedom And we're talking about hunter thompson of raisingcapital.com just go to raisingcapital.com for more information Free ad. And who knows, you might end up on the phone with me. But anyways, back to Jason's story. I love it because it's like, I think that's the Hollywood story of entrepreneurship right there is what you kind of outlined is, you know what direction you're going. And as long as you just take action in that direction, after three, and typically, from what I've observed, like three to five years, you make it through that question mark period then everything starts to line up. So could you tell us, you mentioned focusing and niching down on capital raisers. I'm sure out of anyone who's listening to this interview, we might have people that do need help. As an example, building, scaling, maintaining something tied to their email list. But if if they're not raising capital, maybe if they're more focused on just like closing deals or doing sales, do you work with people like that? Or is it only raising capital?
1: Yeah. So like if you have a high ticket business, so you could be a coach, you could be a marketing agency, or if you have a high ticket service, especially if it's digital, uh, what we do directly applies to what you need. So we help with the customer journey, the pipeline, the automations and helping you kind of understand the strategy and the experience there. And the beautiful thing is the way that I teach and work with the clients, it's based on actual experience and success. I'm not regurgitating other people's tactics. It's no fluff. It's no BS at all. So you know, I'm not asking you to do something. I'm not doing myself, and I'm more than happy to share that with you and show that to you. But it's a beautiful thing we're doing here, man. It's uh, it's applicable to a wide range of industries for sure.
0: Yeah, and from a world view perspective too, I find, and I'm, I'm sure this, everyone here is sympathetic to it. When you can find people who see the world through a similar lens in which you do, I'm not talking. It's almost impossible to find someone who sees it exactly the way you do. But if they're 80 to 90 percent of the way there, and again, if you're listening to the show, you're probably you're probably there, right? We're all seeing these patterns, these things happen in the world that lately has just been causing a lot of question marks. Jason is someone I know I can always go to and be like, yo, did you see how messed up this thing in the news is? Like, I don't believe that one bit. And he's like, yeah, I'm with you. So... He loves guns. He loves freedom. He just moved from Indiana to, uh, down south. I won't fully give away your location unless you want to. But anyways, that makes you, in my opinion, a true Lieberlandian, uh, because you really focus on personal responsibility and, and knowing that at the end of the day, the only person who's going to look after you and your family is you. That's really what it boils down to. So could you tell us, were you, were you always like freedom and independently focused? Or did you,
1: did you used to kind of view the world one way and, and then shift to a new way of thinking? It's interesting because when I was uh, a kid, my whole life was fishing. So I always liked the outdoors, I always liked to fish. And then a neighbor introduced me to hunting when I was about 11 years old. I was like, wow, this is really cool. So he's like, you know, we can go squirrel hunting. And I was like, oh, do we need, you know, guns, or whatever? He's like, yeah. And my mom helped me buy my first gun at 12, which I still have that gun. And what's interesting is, as I got older, I noticed my parents started swinging to like the extreme liberal side of things, right? hate guns and all this stuff. And I always remind them, I'm like, you realize you let me keep a gun with the ammo in my room, unlocked into my bed my whole life, right? Like you realize you bought that. And they're like, ah, we don't remember. I'm like, whatever. So I liked guns for hunting when I was younger. I always liked kind of the freedom of being outdoors and kind of doing what I wanted. And then when I started my first business at 14 and I started earning my own money and I didn't have to let somebody else dictate my pay, I was like, wait a minute here. My parents told me this is the only option. And that's all they knew, right? Go to school, work for somebody. But I was like, there's this whole other breed of people. and That's what speaks to me. So it was kind of a journey for me. By the time I got to college, I graduated high school. I went to a commuter college. So I was there five and a half years. But I was building a business. And instead of saying, I want to go work for this company, I was like, I just want to make money. And I don't like to get up early. And I don't like being limited. So the entrepreneurial spirit was pretty active in me. And then through my 20s, I became pretty rebellious with kind of like big government. And it just really came down to, I don't like other dudes telling me what I should be doing or thinking. And that's kind of how it started. I've mellowed out because, I mean, we've met. We're both physically big guys. We're both nice guys. People have gotten our names confused and also thought that we were brothers, which I find funny, but (laughs) hey, we'll take it. I actually had somebody say, you are Adam Caruswell. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, yes, you are. And she was serious. I was like, what's wrong with you? What's going on? Like, can I get you help? I don't know what's happening. So it was pretty weird. But you know, like my thought is I'm going to do this thing. And then I'm like, who's going to stop me? Like who's going to stop me like physically and who's going to stop me like in any other normal way. So like, I'm teaching my son, and I'm pointing over here because his bedrooms across the hall. He's at school, but he's a senior and he's that he's uh, we talk about money all the time, and we talk about options and things in life. And I say, Hey, remember you can go this route if you want to, but do not forget about all this other stuff that you see dad do that you can do. Nobody gets to tell you what you can't do. I do it because you live in my house, but I said, in life, nobody gets to tell you what you can't do. We're rights, so we don't do that. So, like I program my children. To think in the way that things really are, like just because somebody tells you something doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Like you and I talk about, I don't even watch the news. I haven't watched the news in seven, eight years. I don't have time for that crap. i got better stuff to do. And I'm a law abiding citizen and all that. But like, I do what I want to do, right? If I'm stuck in traffic and I'm in my truck, I'll drive over a sidewalk to leave if I'm ready to go because I just do what I want to do. You do what you want to do unless you get trapped in an elevator. That's happened twice now.
0: <laughs> I had to I had to throw the the, the transition in there. So we've we've gotten to know each other very well. And there was a funny moment where Jason and I were hanging out at a real estate conference about a year ago, and we're going to meet up for a dinner or something after the conference. And he he texts me and he says, "Help! I'm trapped in an elevator, and I'm with like a group of people that we know." And, oh, it was a group chat. There's was a group chat. Yeah. Everyone's like laughing, like, haha. he's in an elevator. Like, no one believed it. And he's like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> and someone goes like, oh, shit. <laughs> and thankfully, Jason was all right. But on that note, let's talk about the elevator story real quick, because I, I know I told you at the beginning I was
1: going to bring it up. So what what happened when you got stuck on the elevator and how did you get out of there? Yeah, so the most recent time was in uh, Salt Lake City. I guess that would have been this past March. Is that right? Yep, that's right. March, March, 2023. Yeah, it was in the, the Hyatt, which is a very nice hotel. And uh I was coming down from my room, like Adam said, to go to dinner. And there was uh one, two, three, four other dudes in the elevator, I didn't know any of them. And we went down like half a floor and it just stuck. And we all kind of looked at each other, we're like, Are you kidding me? you know. And the cool cat in the elevator with the suit and everything, it took him about 45 seconds till he went into like a full panic. And I was just kind of in the corner going like, what's this guy doing? And he was like trying to open the door. And finally, I was like, dude, it's not the movies. You're not opening the door. And I come to find out this guy's a really well-known investor. He's a doctor. And he was like freaking out. I'm like, dude, calm down. it will be fine. right?" So we're trying to use a little call box in there. It keeps giving us busy signals like the call won't go through. So none of us had cell service. So we just like kept moving and trying. And I think I got a message out eventually and somebody else did. And it took about I don't know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Eventually, the maintenance team there got the elevator moved, and then they gave us a bunch of points. Maybe it's good for like a night or two. I don't even know what it's good for, but I still have (laughs) them. My most frustrating part was I just wanted to get to dinner on time. And I think I missed it all or missed most of it. So I couldn't remember how long you were stuck on there, but
0: that's a a classic story right there for sure. Glad you made it out. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about Lieberland based on, you know, just based on the little that you do know about the country. What What's your, we just want to know, like what what kind of stands out to you the most about what you do know about Lieberland?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the concept of it's great. I mean, the libertarian mindset, you know, big freedom, tiny government resonates pretty strongly with me. I saw something, I think, through the newsletter not too long ago where, and you'll have to help me with this, where... Maybe a neighboring army or police force that said they were cool things kind of like flipped the script and became hostile. And it's like, man, why is why is big government always trying to hold back the freedom of people? It just pisses me off, man. It doesn't make any sense. It's just a control thing. So, you know, just since I've known you, just to kind of see the growth of uh, you know, things happening there has been pretty cool. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna, you know, do what we can to get you connected behind the scenes because as you guys can see, Jason knows what he's doing. So uh, I'm sure if, if there's a fit, we'll, we'll definitely leverage his energy here at Lieberland. On that note, well, one, what are you working on right now? Like, what are you really focused on and excited about? And then two, how can Lieberlandians or anyone listening
1: right now get an opportunity to work with you? Yeah, this will be interesting for you. Some stuff you don't know. So what am I working on right now? A couple things, actually. So here we are recording this in December 2023. We are focused on generating a lot more traffic in our business. From cold email, which is not what I do for clients, it's something different. I bought into this program, and these people are having great success. So, think about your your best offers in business being able to get tens of thousands more eyeballs a month in those is pretty pretty wild and pretty cool. So that's exciting, and I think I'll get my first effort launched either today or maybe Monday. But nice. I've been- so that'd be pretty neat. I've rebranded a coaching program for like the third time. It's basically a mastermind for other digital marketing agency owners like me. So I'm giving back, targeting me from three years ago to take everything that I do and learn and put it into other people, building and scaling a team, offer creation, et cetera, et cetera. So that's exciting. My team's looking forward to that. And then the final thing is, it's kind of a personal project for my family, but we are starting to build our own portfolio of short-term rentals for long-term hold. And I want to do it so I can teach my wife and my kids kind of what that process looks like, what the tax advantages look like, what having other people pay your mortgage down as an asset appreciate looks like. So it's exciting stuff as well. And then the, the money that we do try to raise from investors as uh, for a short-term rental fund. So we can be like, hey, we like short-term rentals so much. Like, look what we actually do on our own as well. So it gives more credibility to all that as well. So for most of the stuff you'll find about me, it's going to be about digital marketing. But the home base where you can check me out or connect is intentionallyinspirational.com.
0: Intentionallyinspirational.com. Go check it out, guys. I know we have a lot of people outside of the U.S. listening to the show, too. So I want to give an opportunity for any potential you know, foreign investors that might be interested. I don't know if you've worked with anyone outside of the U.S. yet, but I know just based on the resources that we have in, in our network. If you haven't done it, you can figure out you know basically how to handle that legally. So have you worked with anyone outside of the US yet, by chance? UK, Australia. Oh, cool. Nice. Canada, different places. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, if you're not in America, you still want to invest in American real estate, which from my observation, a lot of foreigners, they're not used to seeing those types of returns in their country. So they, they think it's too good to be true. But I'm here to tell you the American real estate market is... Looking pretty good, even though we're in the middle of a recession for like the next couple of decades, if not more. So definitely consider investing with Jason, not only working with him, intentionally inspirational.com. Yep. There we go. Jason, any parting words
1: of wisdom for our audience here today? Yeah, it's uh business and life advice. You know, the the journey is oftentimes not glamorous. It oftentimes sucks. But the key is always move forward, always attempt to move forward and don't ever stop. So, you know, if you just look at any part of your life where you had a tough time and got through it, you usually probably accomplish that by not giving up. So as we pursue our freedoms and want to do the things we want to do with the life, just don't give up no matter what. Love it. I forgot to ask this, too. What brand of cigars are those behind you there? Oh, uh, well, there's three humidors. You have everything from Romeo E. Julietas, Davidoffs, Padrones, Monte Cristos, Olivas, all kinds of good stuff. So we'll pretend
0: that we don't know that you have Cubans and uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll end the episode here. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to our next cigar together. You know what? You have a cigar, Entrepreneurship Cigar Facebook group, don't you? Is that right?
1: Yeah, I do. We're looking at doing a, a smoke flow and grow kind of cigar social club meetup thing too. So you got another little social project in the works there as well.
0: Yeah. We'll have anyone interested in that go to Intentionally Inspirational as well. But if you like cigars, I can tell you with confidence as well Jason is is your man for that too. So, Lieberlandians, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Land Show. This is Jason Wright of Intentionally Inspirational. I'm Adam J. Carswell, and we will see you in the next episode.